Hey everyone, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Brooke. Welcome to What the Fuck is Going On? Where we try to figure out what the fuck's going on. Alright, now that Jason's gone, hey everyone. (laughs) Now we can talk. Now we can actually get started. Um, Welcome back. We're glad you guys are here with us. We're on episode 24 today. um, And we are going to be talking about... um, mental health and um antidepressants yay we love it mentally ill yeah we we love it so today's gonna be a good episode me and brooke um are kind of gonna have a little bit of discourse about the topic because we don't exactly like have the same viewpoint so we think this will be good and interesting um and yeah uh where should we start i wanted to start off by saying first of all like In this episode, we're going to be talking about how I think not everyone needs this medication, but some people do. So just a disclaimer, like it's all individual to you and what you feel that you need. Um, You know, if you have a therapist, obviously discuss it with the therapist. Absolutely. Um, And there's no shame. You know, we want to talk about that. There's no shame in taking medication. Um, You just have to figure out what works for you. So just to get that off the, the, the back burner or whatever. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think it's good you mentioned that just because although we are expressing our viewpoints, um, it doesn't mean that they're right or wrong. And it doesn't mean that they're going to apply to you or that you need to like listen to what we're saying. We're, we're just really we're talking just- about our experiences and our, um, you know, viewpoints and opinions on antidepressants and taking medication for mental health. Um, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to start by, which in a way, I guess, challenges my viewpoint. Um, I am, same as Brooke's disclaimer, I am currently on antidepressants. Um, I take bupropion XL, 150 milligrams once a day. (laughs) Tell me, shout out if you take one bupropion too, let me know. (laughs) Um, So I am literally on antidepressants right now. Like I just took it when I woke up a few hours ago. So anyways, I, um, in right before we were going to record this episode, I just did some quick research because I wanted to kind of see like how common antidepressants are, like how many people in America take these, you know what I mean? How, how much of, well, we we have listeners outside of the country too. So anyway, I, I was thinking that this is actually a particularly Western trend have you ever thought of that I don't want to say trend but it's a western theme to immediately want to treat mental illness with medication and I never thought about that I think that what I was talking to you about before we started I think it has to do with the fact that you know doctors over prescribe here in America and like I was saying before it's it's not like a quick fix or an easy fix but it's kind of like a band-aid of you know your underlying issue of why you're so depressed this is my opinion okay so take it as you want but um I think that it's kind of like a cover-up a band-aid you know of why you're feeling so depressed and I think that it just gives you more clarity on how to address those issues on you know why you're depressed you know it's not going to fix your depression or cure it um and I often think that they're over prescribing it and, you know, there's no progress because they're not actually doing the work, you know, that you need to do. Like me. Right. <laughs> right. You, 
can't just take it. Like, you cannot just take an antidepressant and think that it's going to help. I think it actually might make things, it might set you back a little bit. It did for me. It did yeah. for me. A hundred percent. That's why I don't want to take it. And I don't uh, need to. Yeah. And I see also another thing that I wanted to say was you don't just have to take antidepressants for depression. For me, I actually take my Wellbutrin for anxiety. Um, mm. When I was in therapy, I wasn't actually diagnosed with depression. All, obviously, like um, de- depression and, and themes of depressive states can come along with anxiety. A lot of the time, we've talked about this before in our previous episodes about mental health. Anxiety and depression go hand in hand. I mean, they're besties. They love to, they love to be together. They thrive together. So <laughs> if you have one, you probably have some of the other. But um, yeah, I take my antidepressant for anxiety. Um, and, you know, some people might take the same exact medication as me for depression. Um, it just like like we said, everyone's different and not every medication works for everyone. So, Brooke, what you were saying about over prescribing, I was actually really shocked because I'll talk a little bit about like my journey and experience and how we were saying that in America, they over prescribe mental health medicine. I went into my doctor in 2018 when I had originally like started realizing that I was experiencing anxiety and immediately in that same appointment, she was like, well, you should take Zoloft. Like all I did was mention it. Like I've been feeling anxious and she was like, well, take Zoloft. And I was like, whoa, like just like that. And she was like ready to write the script and like, give me the medication. And I was like, I didn't even tell you what I'm anxious about or like anything. I just said I was anxious. So that turned me like that turned me off from it so hard because I was like, you're just, you're just prescribing it to just write it off and just give me a medication. I think that they get paid, you know, by the insurance companies or something. The pharmaceutical companies we've talked about like pharma. Oh yeah. And it's an issue with not all doctors in America, of course. It's a selling game. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. If they just want to sell, they're looking at you as like a, a tool. Number. A number. Just yeah. a number, a sale. A sale. Yeah. How many medications can I get this person on and then make money back from? And not all doctors have this way, of course, but it's a very common issue in American medicine. We talked about in the healthcare system in our episode. Yeah. Not getting to the root of the problem and just prescribing a medication that's like a band-aid to help with the symptom. I told you, yeah. Like you yeah, need to so, therapy and do the work. I felt that way too. I was like very put off by it. And I was like, how are you Bye. just gonna immediately prescribe me a, a medication? And at that point in my life, I I didn't want to take medication. I didn't I wanna say didn't believe in it for myself anyways. I I know I've always known and always recognized that some people need to take medication and there's nothing wrong with that. But at that time in my life, I refused. I was like, no, like I'm not taking medication. I don't need that. That's, I viewed it as almost being, like you say, being weak. Like I was failing or like I was giving up. Right. And I kind of still have that viewpoint right now because I don't know if it's maybe because you're not doing the work like in therapy. (laughs) but you know what I mean I'm just telling you straight up because I'm your best friend yeah it's it's good yeah you're right you're right yeah no I felt that way too and remember when we were having that conversation you were like you should try Lexapro so I brought it up to my therapist and she's like 
but you're not depressed is what she told me. I know we were waiting for the episode so I could tell you what she said. Yeah, we, Brooke, we were, me and Brooke have an ongoing, hold on real quick, Brooke, side note, me and Brooke have an ongoing constant discussion about this, like, every, yeah. like not every day, but just throughout our friendship, we're always going back and forth about like, yeah. taking medication because Brooke's like, no, I refuse. And I'm like, you need to take it. And she's like, no. And she has her reasons that are completely valid and I have mine. So <laughs> apparently she brought this up to her. <laughs> yeah, I did. I said, you know, my friend says that I should try this Lexapro. She said, like, she thinks that it would help because she takes it. And my therapist was like, but Brooke, you're not depressed. Your mindset makes you depressed. You're causing all of these unnecessary issues in your head. Like, because generally my outlook on life has always been positive. Like, I truly inside of me am positive and I don't think that I'm depressed I cause it in my head and I've always felt that way so it makes me feel like so much pressure on myself to solve it because obviously I'm doing it on my own by the thoughts I'm creating in my head does that make sense see it does and this is where we disagree because we both agree that medication is needed sometimes there's no shame in taking it it's not good for everyone but this is where I think I think that we disagree and we waited, Brooke waited to tell me about what her therapist said so we could be authentic in the episode. And one, I would like to mention that um, I did tell Brooke I'm not a therapist, so I don't know what I'm talking about when I tell you to take a medication. So like- Well, that- you were just going based off your experience because it helped you. Um, the thoughts, right. Okay, so you said that your, your problem with creating depression, or I was thinking more of your anxiety when I was talking about it as well too, because- I don't really, again, I'm just your friend from outside looking in. I don't really see you as being depressed either, but I see you as hella anxious. Yeah. Also hella anxious. So, um, but for me, that was the issue. My thoughts, like I, the reason that I would spiral in my anxiety and, and struggled so much was because I could not control those thoughts. And it was the thoughts that I was having that were making me miserable. Yeah. You, as you're saying, but I think that's what mental illness is. Like you can't control the thoughts. I know, but I think because there's periods of times where I can control the thoughts and then there's periods of times where I can't. So because I have proven to myself that I can, I just want to always (laughs) be able to. And I think that it's like, I'm fighting against it some days, but it's also like, the Lexapro or the Wellbutrin or whatever you're taking, you know, gives you more clarity on differentiating between the irrational thinking and the rational thinking, you know, and do you just rely on that pill to help you think clearly on what's rational and what's not for the rest of your life? Like, I'd rather not, I'd rather try it to control it, you know, naturally on my own. I hear you. Yeah. Um, and I felt the same way and I did try to control it naturally on my own for four years and failed miserably. And then I was in a really dark place because I, I wasn't able to every single day you weren't able to, cause okay. In my opinion, I think if it's every single day, like that, you cannot control these thoughts, you can't turn them off then. Okay. Yeah. But if there's, if it's a mix, you know, like some days you can, some days you can't, what do you do for that person? Do you still give them the Lexapro? Like, but isn't you know, that nice though? some days you can, some days you can't. Like, I feel like it's not, 
it's not it's not that simple to say yeah. that oh well if you can do it half the time you should do it all the time like life's a bitch you don't know what's gonna be thrown at you so like I, I know no I agree with you it's not like black or white you know it's not like on off I guess right. but I think if it's affecting the quality of your life and like generally overall, and it's seeping into different parts of your life, you know, I'm, I, I think if it's affecting your life greatly enough that you are feeling miserable or you're feeling like you're held back from doing the things you'd normally do, or, you know, you're inhibited or you're stuck and you can't move forward. But I also don't think, and I think this is actually a fact, not an opinion. Uh, antidepressants are not meant to take long term. I don't, I don't, I hope you, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but my cat just went into the Christmas tree. So if you can, I'm Bonnie, he's up in the Christmas tree now. Bonnie's fucking around in the tree. Never to return. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you hear some like jingle jangle, it's just Onyx in the Christmas tree. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't believe that antidepressants are meant to take long term. I think like you're just supposed to take them for certain periods of time in your life. Like for some people do, they do take them long term, but I think generally they're not prescribed for you to take every day for the rest of your life. Like you're saying. Okay. So, you know, like how you have to take the antidepressant for it to start working over time, you know, whereas like, let's say clonopin, you know, you take it when you're having a panic attack, it works immediately. So that's what I'm saying. If you're having mixed days, where you're like having a good day with your thoughts, and then other days, like, why can't the antidepressant work the same? Like, oh, I'll take it now and it will work now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, because it, it, you have to take it a while for it to start working. It doesn't just work immediately. So here's how my therapist explained it to me. Because I, again, had my own inhibitions about taking medication for literally four years until I was absolutely unwell um, and really felt that I had no other choice. Mm -hmm. So my therapist explained to me that when you live in a state of fight or flight for so long and you live in a state of anxiousness and reactivity and uh, stress and intense your brain literally begins to, because our brains are like muscles, right? We can train them. We can, we can, we can train them to think certain ways. We can train it to your subconscious to operate. Yeah. I'm trying to rewire my brain, yo. You re exactly. You, you can, you can rewire your brain. So the way my therapist explained it to me is after you've been in this, this state or you've been struggling with your mental health for so long, your brain starts to learn that as, a way to function and a way to live. Yeah. So you almost, this is the, this is what antidepressants do. The chemicals in your brain and the, the makeup of your brain changes. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's adequate studies on this either because my therapist told me that too. Cause she knows I'm super like, like I need the facts. I need to do a bunch of research before I do anything. So she told me like, honestly, this, this, this area needs to be more studied. Maybe you could do that, Brooke. <laughs> I'd be down. I want to know, but I would have to have my PhD. Like that's research involved. I think you're gonna get your PhD. I was the it's the other day. I was reading this article and I was like looking at all the PhD the psychologists. There are PhDs like commenting on it, and I was like, I see Brooke doing that. But then I, I that's another discussion because yeah. So, anyways, basically, 
your brain becomes rewired and the chemicals in your brain are going to default to fire flight. I do that. I, I'm a hundred percent with you. True. That's what the medications are. They're chemicals that help you to, to rewire your brain so that you don't think that way anymore because you literally can't help it. I want to do it on my own. See, but I think that's like just a little bit stubborn. Like it is stubborn. Everybody wants to be able to do it on their own. Nobody wants to be able to like have to take antidepressants. I'm sure nobody's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, (laughs) I'm starting Lexapro. Like, (laughs) well, like I said, I, I mean, I guess that's more of a science backed up, you know, fact. And there's nothing that I don't know if you could just change it by, you know, on your own by simply like fighting against your thoughts when they come up as negative or self-doubt or self-defeating, you know? I believe you. I believe you probably can. To change your brain chemistry? I don't know. Like your brain. Well, see, when I was, what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode with, with um, medications being so popular in Western culture, a lot of other cultures have different ways of dealing with mental illness, whether it be religion, whether it be meditation, whether it be prayer, whether it be uh, fasting, whether it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like through meditation, we're, I strongly believe in meditation. I do believe it's possible to be able to do the work and get where you want to be without medication. I, I do believe that that's possible for some people. Well, let me say this. Either way, you can't avoid the work that you have to do. Uh-huh. I'm saying it like, you yeah. know, you have to accept it that, yeah, I and like I said it before, the, you know, antidepressant will help you to get clarity on doing that work and give you that push. That's what I, that's how I view the purpose of it. You know, I don't know, maybe I'll learn that more in school, but that's right now my viewpoint on it. I kind of want to like explain my experience and like where I'm at currently, because I think you're right. I think I'm a perfect example of if you don't do the work, you're not going to, the medications long-term are not going to do shit for you. So I can give a gym analogy to this too. <laughs> you know, like when you're going to the gym, but you're eating like Taco Bell every day or some shit like that. Like Taco Bell last night, it was fire. You know, they have like the fries. Huh? They have the nacho fries back again. Oh, I never tried those. Oh my god, they're so good. At, at first, like me, I'm like cheese with fries, like ew. like dipping my fries in cheese, ew, like cheese fries, oh. yeah. but dipping them in cheese. That's like the same thing, though. I don't know. To me, it's different. Like, there's two types of people: people who put their ketchup all over their fries, or who dip their fries in the ketchup. I'm different. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So I was like, for, for cheese, I feel like dipping is weird, but they're so good. You guys gotta try. The, oh, the nacho, you can get the nacho box or you can get the cravings box, which I ate last night. What's the cravings box? So hear this. Nacho, <laughs> all of this is for eight dollars. Nacho. Not <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell in this box. Taco Bell ad. Um <laughs> fries. Doritos Locos Taco. We love those. Yeah. Those are the best. And then it also comes with a five-layer beefy burrito. I wanna yeah. does it come with the quesarito? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it also comes with the steak. Um, I can't yes, the steak chalupa. Yes. And oh, that's a- all of that. It's a great deal. It's a great deal, guys. Go to go to come t- with a drink. 
It does. It comes with a drink. Wow, eight bucks. Yeah. I'm so. <laughs> anyway, but you this are called what the fuck Taco Bell. Just kidding. <laughs> we should have Taco Bell. Um. Okay. So, anyways, sorry guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was completely against taking medications, and then um, my doctor pres- tried to prescribe me Zoloft immediately, and I was like, um, "Fuck that! Like, you're not even gonna ask. Like, you're not even gonna try to dive into why I'm anxious. Like, you're just gonna give me medication." That's the therapist for the psychiatrist doesn't care. Well, I didn't have a therapist at that point, and my doctor was trying to get me to go to a therapist and take medication for like four years. So yes, we need we need both. I'm a good example of a person being stubborn and resistant and just digging themselves into a hole because they don't want to get help. That's that. I understand you. If you're there, it's confusing and it's a really difficult time. And I want to promise you, if you take the step to go to therapy or to take medication, you are actually being strong. You are not giving up. You are not being weak. Oh yeah. You're fighting against that fight against it. And, and, and you deserve that for yourself and for your life. So Anyways, I didn't have that mindset. So it took me four years of slowly spiraling into my anxiety, becoming worse and worse until my anxiety became extremely physical. And I was having like very physical reactions to the anxiety. And, um, you know, you guys know, I'm sure you've experienced it. The chest pain, the headaches, the the blurry, your hands, your hands tingle, your feet. Hands and feet feel weak. Feel weak. You feel like you're going to pass out all the time. It's yeah, really- I hate that. And now my cat is playing with her ball. I don't really hear. Oh, no. Okay. So then I, I realized that I was absolutely miserable and I could not continue living that way. And I did start therapy before I started trying the medications. So... My therapist was like, you've got to take medicine. She was like, your brain is stuck in fight or flight mode. And it's, it's chemical at this point. There's nothing you can do because you've been going on for four years living this way. Yes, you're in therapy, but you need this medication alongside the therapy plan so that you can start to think, because you have to be in a mindset to be able to think rationally, like you said, which I could not. So at that point, I was so desperate because I was so miserable and in such a dark place. That's what finally led me to trying Zoloft. And I fucking hated it. It was awful. It made me feel, it made me feel like, like everyone says, like a zombie. I felt like I was just walking around like, Bleh. That's how I felt on all the medications I took. I was like, this isn't me. I, I don't feel right. Can you tell our listeners what you've tried? Yeah, I tried Wellbutrin. I tried um, Prozac. And I think that's it. I think and- you took Zoloft too, no? No, they prescribed me it, but I was like, Zoloft is also sertraline. I think. Yeah, they gave me that, and yeah, I just didn't feel like myself. And, I, and you know what? In I actually ended up feeling more depressed because I didn't know who I was. Like I felt lost. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not taking this. Like, and I feel like that's why I don't want to take it again because I I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel alive. I felt numb and confused and like I had a headache every day and it was like not for me. So I'm glad that you shared this and brought this up because this is another differing viewpoint we have. (laughs) Oh God. So that was then. This is But things were worse then. (laughs) I'm doing better. I guess I'm just saying, like, I don't think you can compare or, like, base that specific time of your life on now. But also, 
it can be extremely hard to find an antidepressant that works for you. Usually the first one you try, I've heard, like you have to, unfortunately, you have to go through a couple to find the one that like, cause there's no, there's no science to this, right? There's no, they haven't developed a way to be able to test your brain and be like, oh, you're missing dopamine or, oh, you need serotonin or you need natural ways to get it. That's not enough, B. It's enough for me. Okay, but when I was like deep in my depression. No, not for you back then. That's what I'm saying. Going to the beach. That was not going to help me want to continue to live. No, no, I get it. I'm I'm not saying, oh, go for a walk. (laughs) Remember the suicide outline? Yeah, the suicide. (laughs) I'm saying like, if you... I'm just saying I think you can try that first but if if it's like really bad like if you're like you know stuck in the hole and that's how you get out I agree it just depends on the situation like you it's it takes time you have to try different medications like I don't know anybody that's just like started taking a medication and that it worked for them and also people sometimes have to take different medications through different phases of their lives so anyways back to my story so I started taking Zoloft end of last year, hated it. I felt like a zombie. And one of the biggest symptoms I hated was I like completely lost my sex drive. And that was a huge sign for me because that's like, I'm a very sexual person, right? So to have that part of my identity gone was like, you guys were concerned. Like my friends were concerned. (laughs) Maybe uh, just to like, you know, play devil's advocate for you right now. Maybe you're feeling weird lately um, because you're not, you're no longer depressed and you don't need it anymore. So maybe yeah. it's time to flush them in the toilet. Say goodbye. Uh, that's that's like part of this episode. You know, the title, should Brooke take her Lexapro? Should I stop taking my Wellbutrin? Like- <laughs> my therapist says no. So I'm going to go with what she said. So I don't have a therapist. So I'm out here raw dogging it, trying to figure it out myself. But I you need want me to ask my therapist for you? Ayo. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. On it. <laughs> so the Zoloft made me feel like a zombie. And right. then I finally, my, my therapist told me, you know, to try the medications. And I didn't like that one at all. So then she was like, okay, well, you know, because therapists can't prescribe, of course. But they know better than your doctor because your doctor's not like, Sorry, I shouldn't say they know better than your doctor. They have a better idea of your mental health issues and history going on than I feel like your your primary care doctor because that's not really who you like spill your guts to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like um, there's this medication. It's called Wellbutrin and um, it's used a lot for like OCD, anxiety, ADHD. Um, it's an antidepressant, but it's used more for those like diagnoses because it specifically helps people with like cyclical thoughts, cyclical. Did I say that right? Cycling thoughts, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Cynical? What are you saying? Oh, no, no. Like cycling, like cycling, spiraling thoughts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying. Um, and so she was like, you know, talk to your doctor. So I, I did and I started taking it and yeah. it helped so much. Like I felt like for the first time, like, I, my head felt clear. Like I wasn't like constantly spiraling and overthinking. And like, I felt like I could think I had more focus and like clarity at work, like you're saying. And then I quit therapy because we started getting into um, the difficult part. So I had to write a trauma timeline. 
that was traumatizing. At, at the end of the timeline, I'm like writing this timeline. <laughs> it was like one of my traumas. So I was going to do this therapy we've talked about before I've mentioned um, EDMR. Um, we can talk about that. You can look it up. You can Google it. But anyway, I rapid movement. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the point of my story. So basically we started getting into my trauma and I was like, this is a good time. I think to stop therapy because <laughs> it's like, it's about to get hard and uncomfortable. So I'm going to go. Is that really why you left? Yes. Are you yeah. kidding me? I did the very first, like the very first thing, which is like finding your peaceful place. You have to like basically sit there and like visual, be able to go to a peaceful place. Because once you start that, you literally revisit all of the traumatizing times and like you, you feel them like you were there and then you try to like heal them and process them. And I was not ready to do that. Okay. I have something to say. What? Why would you want to go back there? Why would they make you go back there? I don't know. Well, she didn't, you know, she didn't make me do anything. Like, so, well, you know, what? I don't know. Yeah. So this was the form of therapy that my therapist thought would work best for me. Um, it's, it's used on a lot of people who have like PTSD and like army veterans and stuff. So she thought it would be good for me just because of the things I've been through. Um, I was in a very, we'll talk about this in another episode, but I was in a very um, abusive relationship physically, mentally, emotionally for six years. Um, and just some of the things that happened to me were, um, like, crazy and unspeakable i just think not to interrupt you but i do believe that's very dangerous it is you have to go back and relive such horrible trauma so you know obviously makes sense why you left yeah right thank you i I, (laughs) no of course no one wants to do that i would not want to do that i think it would have to be really closely monitored because you don't know what will be triggered and to me that's like really frightening that's why she that's why she encouraged me to get on medication because she didn't want me to start this process until I was like leveled out because it can be very dangerous. And I felt comfortable, though. I really loved my therapist and we wouldn't have moved forward with it if I didn't agree. And I'll, I'll be completely transparent. The reason she suggested that form of therapy for me is because I my entire life have kind of just disassociated and compartmentalized my trauma. So I've never actually really felt or experienced the emotions that I should have when these things happen to me. So she wanted me, she said to heal from it, I need to feel it because I never have. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Let that out because I'm just holding it in and I've never felt it before. So that's why she was like, we're going to go there. And initially I was like, okay, like, all right. And then I went to the first, I went to the first one. She's like, you have to find a happy place so that when you're, so that you can go there when these sessions get hard and we're opening up these wounds. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to call it quits. I'll see you later. (laughs) You know, you can, you should like get another opinion um, where you're at now. Like, you know. Yeah, so I quit the therapy and I was feeling great because I had just started my Wellbutrin and now I've been on it for about a year and I've had no real therapy and I am feeling so, so this is my question, guys. Should I stop taking my Wellbutrin? Let me know what you think. I feel unlike myself lately. (laughs) Um, I'm feeling kind of like numb and like just, I don't feel like a zombie like I did Zoloft, but I just feel like super like 
numb. I just feel like I plateaued basically. Like I'm like, okay, like I'm feeling better. And now I'm just like, who am I? Like, I don't even feel anything now. Like what makes me excited? What makes me sad? That's the fucking thing. That's how I felt. And maybe you don't need it anymore or you need a higher dose or you need a new medication or you don't need any medication at all. But Mm -hmm. I definitely do think what you need is to find a good therapist over there in Seattle. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to guys. You've got, you've got to have therapy. Like you cannot just take like you cannot just take the medication. It's not going to solve anything for, for a short time. It did, but I'm a year in now. And I feel like because I didn't do any work now I'm just plateaued and I can't get anywhere. And now I'm feeling, I'm feeling worse again because it's fuck, man. I know. Fuck. And I don't, I don't want to go through taking another medication again. Y'all know how it's so annoying starting or stopping an antidepressant. You feel so fucking weird and like the brain zaps and like, I don't want to do it. Oh, you know what? You know how our moms did TMS, but you have to have tried all, you know, you've had to have tried uh, all the medications first. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. You wouldn't qualify to, oh, TMS. Like I can definitely tell a major uh, switch in my mom's like, mood and perspective and overall viewpoint like honestly yeah it's it's like night and day it was really crazy so for you guys for you guys who haven't heard of it or don't know there's um this this therapy for depression it's called tms do you know what that stands for brooke shit no i forgot i can look it up yeah well brooke looks it up so both of our moms um did this therapy kind of pretty close pretty like recently with any like transcranial magnetic stimulation perfect so basically this thing like it's like pressure points and magnets it like bangs on your head Um, (laughs) sounds crazy but like both of our moms did it and within close proximity of each other and my mom got off all her medications from this treatment uh i don't know if my mom's still on it but i just can notice major uh, night and day yeah yeah and my mom actually was really cool she took photographs every day on each of her treatments throughout the entirety of her treatment and you can see her entire face change it's crazy I showed you I think I showed them they should promote those photos because you could definitely see the like the light in her face yeah it's guys it's crazy like just the look like she looks brighter. She, the, like her eyes look more like my, like Brooke saying, like the light in her face. Like she goes from like, just this, like, I don't know how to describe her face in the beginning, but it, it looks sad. And it looks, you know, like she was struggling. And then at the end, she's like, got us, she started smiling, like through her pictures like, in the beginning. Yeah. It wasn't. So it's just like, so crazy. So th- there's a lot of options out there and it's hard to fi- fucking find out what's good for you. And you don't know till you try. I feel like. I think that there should be like an integrative approach. Like you should try multiple things at once for it to work like whole in the whole picture, you know? Yeah. And um, the article that I just, that I read that I was talking about back in the beginning of the episode of psychology today was calling um, the prescribing of antidepressants an epidemic um, that they're over prescribed. And you told me your research for your grad school application, you found 50% of Americans over over 50% are depressed and anxious right yeah yeah so more that's most that's a good amount more than half of no, us that's more than fucking half and also with the over prescribing this isn't antidepressants but they are definitely over prescribing Adderall that the, it is literally on a shortage and a lot of pharmacies 
don't have it in stock. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. You and you and our friend, um, she, both of you guys are always like trying to get your fucking Adderall. I swear every, every week in the group chat, you're like, did you get it? And they're like, she's like, yeah, I got it from Publix. And you're like, what the fuck? It's on back order here. And you guys are always like, did you get your Adderall? Like, I feel like this has been an issue for a while, like a year now though. I, I, I think it's interesting too, because so Adderall is not an antidepressant. No, it's for ADHD. Right. Oh, but I would like to say, yeah, when I took that in college, it made me feel depressed. The Adderall, like the come down of Adderall made me depressed. It made me binge eat because I didn't eat all day. Cause you don't eat when you take Adderall. Um, so there's another reason why I'm kind of against medication because it literally caused another issue for me. That medication, though. That medication, yeah. But not all of them. They're all different. Just because that one does doesn't mean other ones will. But I know you've had bad experiences with them all. Okay, you know what? I'll say one thing. Okay. The one thing that did that made me have a good experience was clonopin. It really did work when I was having a panic attack. Didn't make me feel weird. So I admit that clonopin is, is my friend when I'm feeling a panic. So okay. you like, so you like, um, is clonopin, I think clonopin's a benzodiazepine. Yeah, it is. Um, so, so you like benzos. So there's a difference. There's a difference though, because benzos can spot treat. Whereas like, you know, like antidepressants, like Wellbutrin, Zoloft, you have to take them regularly. And or, like, you can't have, you I, you can't be mid-anxiety attack and like pop a Wellbutrin. Like nothing's going to happen. That's what I'm trying to say. I wish there was some medication like that to pop. But I guess you can't because it's more about the rewiring of your brain. Right. And that's what, see, I also took, I forgot about that. I also took Clonopin because my doctor prescribed me that. Every day? No, because she was like, I was like, I don't want to take a daily medication like Zoloft. And she was like, okay, well, you can try clonazepam, which is generic for clonopin. She was like, you can try clonazepam and then take it as needed. And then I, I was doing that, as you know, for a while. And then it just kind of stopped. I feel like my brain just got used to it and it just stopped helping like eventually because I needed something, you know, more long-term that could like rewire my brain. Like I'm saying, instead of like just spot treat those, but yeah, we've been, we were always talking about how you don't like taking medication and you disagree with it, but I'm like, but wait, you've literally taken medication. But I'm realizing now it's benzos, not like. Well, it's just like, I don't feel that. So it's like on a, on a need need basis. Right. Yeah. I don't need it every day. Yeah. But there's just like. Are you a drug pusher? Are you trying to push drugs? I am. On- I'm trying to push drugs on you because here's my reason. You always, you say the same things that I was struggling with, but I know we're two different people, but it's the thoughts. It's the thoughts that hold you back. And it's the thoughts that create the issues in your life. And I think that's what mental illness is like lack of control of your thoughts. But some days I really can And we have good days and we have bad days just like we do in life. So yeah, of course, some days you're going to be able to control it. Some days you're not, but on those days you're not like, why do you have to suffer? But at, at the same time, I miss those ups and downs because I don't feel that shit anymore on my on my on my medication. Well, it just goes to say, like you're a human, like you should be able to feel all of the good and the bad emotions. And when I was taking that, I didn't feel either of them, and that's weird. I, 
you know i mean you can't ever run away from the bad emotions they're they're gonna come up they're gonna come up yeah you know human so my arguing point i don't know if it's an argument or whatever but the point i'm trying to make is that to learn how to do the work to deal with those thoughts you know and naturally you know unless you feel that you can't do it naturally ever like seven days a week never that's when i think like to me last resort i don't agree with that. i don't agree with that well we could disagree can we agree to disagree yeah i mean we do we always talk about this and we never we never come to like the same viewpoint in agreement which is fine that's cool you know i like i like that we have such differing viewpoints on it but that we are always able to like you know have a productive discussion and you know be open-minded and like hear the other person I think I think that's really important in general and in life and I feel like well we can agree that you need to do the work that's what we can agree we can we can agree that this all boils down to like you should get therapy so here's the here's the answer should I take Lexapro should I stop my Wellbutrin should I try Zoloft should I take Clonopin how about you go to therapy? That's the answer. And then you'll find out. Yeah. You'll fuck around and find out what's, what's best for you. Should we do a poll? Should Brooke start taking Lexapro? Should Kelsey stop taking Wellbutrin? We I should do it to for an experiment. <laughs> but my therapist does not diagnose me with depression. She says I have anxiety. So I don't know. And I... I do trust her more than other therapists because she went to school for longer because she has her PhD. So that's my viewpoint. So another interesting uh, angle to this is the spike in mental health issues and taking of antidepressants since COVID. Um, Since 2020, that shit has steadily risen um and i feel like just fucking our our modern society and living through a global pandemic has really deteriorated everyone's mental health in different ways i'm reading this article the reason i bring this up while we're talking i'm just looking at this article and um it's just saying how technology using technology solely for connection through these through the pandemic and everything, and just in general, how how much the world has shifted to online, you know, online communication being the main form of interaction with other humans through social media. Are you saying that that causes depression? Yeah, I mean, not that it causes depression, but I think it really makes people's mental state worse because it can be like very dehumanizing. You know what I mean? Like, For example, in my field, it's really bizarre that we have like, everything is on Zoom. We have trials on Zoom. We have hearings on Zoom. We have depositions on Zoom. And it's just weird. Like people don't want to be in person if they don't have to anymore because they can just be on Zoom or they can, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I feel like that's affecting our mental health. And also, this is a really good point. The, 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 it's the things we put into our body, the, the, the food we eat, the, the news we see. Oh yeah. All of that, like the food too, all of that is like really negatively affecting everyone's mental health. And I mean- I did an article on the link between food and depression when I was in college. And it was 
I found the most interesting things. I can't remember right now, but yeah, I, I do believe food is linked like to depression and anxiety. And I also think, I don't know, just anything excessive, like scrolling on social media all day. Like how that one guy said, you feel insecure after you're scrolling and scrolling because you don't have like, you're not having any interaction or your voice isn't being heard. So subconsciously, I think it makes you feel like insecure. And I feel that when you're insecure, it can lead to feeling depressed. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And so, that's what people have been doing because they were locked up inside their houses for, you know, two years. I know, like shit, like we know that, but what's the solution to all of this? It's so frustrating. I don't, I don't believe that the solution is to medicate everybody. I really don't like, I think it's, it's much deeper than that. And it's too big. I think it's too big of a picture. I don't even really know of like can think of a productive way to move forward. And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of fucked. (laughs) I wanted to share with you this article that I was just looking over while we were chatting. Um, They did a study um, called the STARD, S-T-A-R-D, trial. Um, and it found about one quarter of patients responded to the antidepressants, bupropion, sertraline, um, citalopram. So the study, it's called Sequence Treatment Alternatives to Relieve Depression, showed that most of the antidepressants they tested worked about as well as the others. So there really wasn't a difference among the different medications people took, but only half the patients in the trial got better from the antidepressants. So see, I feel like this is, this is the same thing to us, like 50, 50, like you're saying, no, I don't want to take them. They don't work for me. And I'm saying, well, Butrin helped me so much. Like half the people are depressed, but half, only half the people medications can help. Right. That's why like, that's fucked. There's so much more that it goes into it i think the best approach is to do different things for your, your depression or anxiety like an integrative approach like taking the medication and also going to therapy and having a self-care routine and you know setting boundaries and you know especially with your phone and endless scrolling that is important to set a boundary with yourself because like you said i think that's linked to depression absolutely yeah so there's all it's like a whole circle of things you need to do to feel good. It's not just the medication or, and you know what? It not for everyone. It's not just therapy. You're like right. Therapy can help a lot, but you have to do a, a whole lot of things for right. it. To- Great point. Thanks for, I, I, I don't think I was really, I don't think I've thought about it in that way. And you're right. It's difficult. Yeah. We're human. We all just want to be happy, dude. We all just want to feel peace. I know. We're just all trying to feel good. That's it. Yeah, that's why people are addicted to drugs and alcohol, because you feel good, you know, in that moment. No other topic maybe we can discuss, because the after effects will only make you feel worse, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the temporary satisfaction for a long-term struggle. Damn Damn it. You're fucking up your brain, dude. Yeah fucking it up and i don't you do wow what a combo i'm like really like sitting here i'm just like processing everything i mean 
Yeah. I I definitely think that we came to an agreement on some points and we still disagree on others, but I do like what you're saying. There's so many different, there's so many different facets of mental health and, and treatment of mental health. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to find what works for you and to try things and to be open-minded and to want to get better. It's really hard. All of it. Um, fuck. (laughs) For me, I think having an open mind, I guess, to different like pillars of how to make it work is the best way. Um, you know, are you isolating yourself? Like you need to have social interactions in person, face to face. I think that you need to take care of your health and your fitness. I think you need to, you know, go inside, spend time in nature. And it all seems so simple. And there's like such a negative connotation with that for some reason. Like, oh, that's not going to solve it. No, it's not going to be the only thing that solves it. You have to to do a lot of things. Right. It's a bigger picture. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying go outside, take a walk. You'll, 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 you'll cure your depression that way. No. <laughs> like every day, even when you don't feel like it. Right. right. Yeah. Beautiful. So there's not really medications, not going to just alone solve your mental health. Going for a walk isn't going to solve your mental health. It's doing these little things and trying new things every day, showing up for yourself that will make the difference. Yeah. So with that, that's a great way to end it. Yeah, great. So also, I would just love to hear your guys' experiences and your guys' opinions um, on, you know, SSRIs, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, you know, whatever you have tried or liked. Me and Brooke always love to have this conversation. And I love how everyone's experience is like unique as well. Like, you know, I talk to a friend who takes Wellbutrin and like his, his experience is different than mine. That's different than my mom's. That's, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, and I also just to uh, piggyback on that, my friend said that she tried Lexapro, you know, she just started and she's feeling like herself again. She said this to me that made me uh, interested in knowing more about it, that it helped her with the thoughts you know, the irrational thinking to stop those. That's what she said. And she felt more. more That's what I'm talking about, about the thoughts that I get what you're saying, but that was my problem too. And that's what Wellbutrin helped me with. Was it every single day you were having those thoughts? Yes. It was the way I was, I was living in this, in this, I was living that way. That was my life. Oh no. Yeah. That must've been like you were stuck. Yeah, it was awful. You remember? It wasn't a very bad place. Like, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it was bad. So, anyway, you got to do it all. You got to do it all. We're sorry. We're here for you. It's shit's hard. It's not easy. It's a fucking. It's an uphill battle, and you're gonna fall, and you're gonna you're gonna regress, and you're gonna go backwards. But what matters? Oh, yeah, it's not just like you're gonna go up, up, up. Like oh, and then you're solid. So my therapist, I'll always mention this. My therapist says there's always going to be something in the bag. Like you can't just be happy 24 seven. That's, that's not natural. It's not human. That's not. Yeah. We are human and we are to experience the wide range of human emotion. And we're not here to feel happiness. We're here to feel suffering. We're here to feel grief. We're here to feel loss. We're here to feel bliss. We're here to, we're here to feel euphoric. Yeah, all of it. Need all of it to be human, and that's it just balances yin and yang, light and dark. 
happy and sad. You, you, it's just, it's unavoidable. And I think that's a good point too. Like, like I said, we all just want to feel good. We all just want to be happy, but that's not even the point. That's not even the point. We want to be able to. I think the point is to find peace and to accept. Yeah. That's, that's the point. To find contentment and, and be able to have the tools within yourself to get through those shitty times, through the loss, through the grief, through the pain, through the suffering. Right. And as you grow older, you keep learning and relearning and suffering. And it's all a cycle. It's a constant cycle of joy, of happiness, of, you know, sadness. You have to feel it all. And that fucking well butrin didn't make me feel any of it. (laughs) Done. That's where I'm at right now, too. So let me know if you guys think I should stop taking my Wellbutrin. Yes, I do think you should stop. I vote yes on that. You should, should, Brooke, should Brooke take? Should Brooke try taking Lexapro? Honestly, the way you've talked in this episode to me, honestly, I, I my my viewpoints changed. I, I I don't know. I don't think you should take it at this point. I wish you guys could see your face. <laughs> we oh, this is recording, so you can't ever take it back. Oh my god! I know. Every time now, you're gonna be like, you're gonna send me this episode and be like, just listen. I'm say I said right now though. I I have. From listening Tell to me why. Because I said there's an integrative approach? No, just because of you saying that you feel like you're handling it on your own and some days you just struggle most more than others because that's just life, I feel like. So if you're able to handle it like most of the time or, you know, like half the time and you don't feel you need them, then I guess you don't need them. No, I don't. So but, you know, some people do. I'm not I'm not saying no, I mean you. I mean you specifically. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I don't either. Um. Well, I think this was a great productive conversation. <laughs> it changed my viewpoints on a little things, and I, I have yeah. some stuff to think about too. I want to do a little bit more research on like how different cultures take an approach to mental health, or if they even acknowledge it. You know, that's probably a big issue in a lot of cultures as well. Like they don't take antidepressants because they don't even acknowledge mental mental illness and that's an issue with older generations as well well i don't know maybe they in other countries there's not as as severe of a problem as there is here very true need to very true dive into their fucking lifestyle so we can fucking adapt their lifestyle so we can stop being so like depressed awkward and like in our phones like not interacting with people i hate it with you the american lifestyle is absolutely comes with a lot more mental health issues. Well, just say that there are some positives too, though. I I do think that there's more of an awareness of mental health. And I do think people are taking it more seriously. And I think people are working on like the natural holistic ways, like taking care of your health and fitness. I do think that's happening as well. Absolutely. I think, I think just the uptick in the taking of antidepressants shows that because that means you have to speak up about how you're feeling. You have to see somebody about it and you have to get prescribed. You know what I mean? So you're right. There's, there's a good side to this, like, because there's more awareness, more people being anxious and depressed. There's more awareness. There's more people talking about it. And that's a huge thing that we want to do on this podcast too, is like normalize it. You should be able to talk about how you quit therapy because you're about to go into the time that you were like abused by your ex and you don't want to go there. Like we should all be able to openly, t- we should all be able to openly talk about that. You know, it's so shameful. Like yeah. if you're human, you have trauma. So we're all in this shit together. We're all traumatized from this. That is what makes me feel good every day. I'm like, you know what? There's no 
one person who is simply okay like and if they are like i don't know they, they might are be- they're not <laughs> they're themselves and others we're all traumatized by just being on this ghetto planet so we might as well make the most of it yeah come together stop being so mean yeah you guys seriously everyone needs to stop everyone needs to be so just be nice to everybody everybody's struggling everybody's frustrated you don't know what we're doing here nobody knows what they're doing so just be be gentle be kind we're all we're all one we're all human we're all the same we're the same people living out different human experiences okay yeah Yeah. fuck god so yeah, be, be fucking nice. Go take antidepressants. Go for a walk. Go go schedule a therapy. Do a lot of different things. Put your phone down. Call your phone in the garbage. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> throw your phone in the trash. Throw <laughs> your throw your medications in the trash. Watch it down the toilet. Throw everything in the trash. <laughs> trash. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um we love you and we appreciate your continued support as always. Um, so, okay. yeah. So just to let you guys know as well, um, as we're on this topic of protecting our mental health and doing things that are um, good for you and self-care, me and Brooke are going to be taking a break for the first time ever. Um, ever. Just because uh, our, our next episode that would follow will be right in between the week of Christmas and New Year's and we really just want to take a week off to, you know, spend time with family and enjoy the holiday. Um, and I'm on holiday. Yeah, we want to enjoy our holiday. We have holiday. Plans. <laughs> All right, I'm losing Brooke. We both, <laughs> <laughs> we both have family, you know, visiting and, and have plans. So, and we know you guys, we want you guys to, you know, enjoy the week as well. Not saying that our podcast would affect that. Uh, but I don't know. We just we know that you're not sitting around like listening to podcasts. You know, it's time to just like enjoy your family and take a break from social media. And, you know, just, yeah. So we're not going to be recording. So don't look out. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we will not see you again in two weeks. Um. So <laughs> our, our following episode will drop. So we're going to take those, you know, there won't be an episode on the 28th. So we'll be returning again the, right at the beginning of the year on the 4th. On the 4th, the first day of my class. Yes, the first day of Brooke's classes. Um, So we will see you guys in the new year. We're super excited for- We should see you all next year. Yeah, right? we'll see you guys in 2023. We're super excited for what's in store for uh, the, the following year and the podcast. Um, we're We're really excited to see- um, what's in store for us we're gonna be coming close to one year of our podcast too yeah so um we love you guys this year has been absolutely amazing um we're so thankful for all of our listeners from all over the world we have listeners on every continent which is absolutely amazing I feel like I'm like tearing up <laughs> um we've just received so much love and support from people that we don't even know um what we didn't know before this podcast and it's just been really a, an amazing journey. It's helped me heal. It's helped Brooke heal. This has been such a, a an amazing outlet and um, a beautiful thing. And we're both really proud of it. And we're both really happy um, to be here. And we're, we're thankful. We're so thankful for you guys because that's the whole reason we have this podcast. 
yeah, you guys are the reason we keep going. Uh, you encourage us, you motivate us. We're always so happy to drop an episode and talk with you guys. And we appreciate the ongoing support always. And we're excited for another new year with you guys. And we're going to do some really cool things coming up. So we're excited for you guys to see it. Um, well, I hope you guys have a really happy holiday and enjoy your time with family and friends and eat all the good food and drink all the good drinks and have a merry time. We be love to be merry. Yeah, be cheesy, be happy. Be corny, be silly, be corny. have fun. Don't, don't put any pressure on yourself for the upcoming year. We're going to talk about that in oh, our yeah. episode of the year, which will be about New Year's resolutions. We don't agree. That. We don't agree. Fuck that. So... Uh, we love you guys and we'll see you in 2023.